Welcome to Roman's Road, the podcast of me, Eddie Roman. This is where we talk about evangelism and apologetics and all kinds of Christian stuff. Today I am coming at you from within the great coronavirus plague. I am hidden away safely. I have an interview today with Justin Peters. Now, Justin Peters is a man who has done a lot of teaching and investigating on the subject of the health and wealth movement. Some call it the name it and claim it. Basically, the teaching out there that says, if you have enough faith in God, he will give you what you want, be that wealth or health or basically solving all your problems. And so people in this movement would be guys like Kenneth Copeland and Bethel Church up in Redding, California. They're kind of like the new version of of this movement. And as I go on my Facebook recently, I'm seeing a lot more of this kind of teaching out there. So for instance, an article not too long ago, it said uh, charismatic preacher Kenneth Copeland tries to heal coronavirus through the TV screen. And you might have seen this video. Really creepy looking guy. He is a tried and true false teacher. Been around for a long time. Scammed a lot of people. He still manages to rip people off all the time. And so his latest thing is he is looking at the TV screen and he's got his hand up and he's basically saying, if you touch my hand through the TV screen, you will be healed of the coronavirus. So uh, not sure they're going to him from hospitals yet to uh, ask him to help him out. But so, yeah, so Kenneth Copeland is a, uh, you know, well-known false teacher. Unfortunately, he is also believed to be a real teacher of some sort by lots and lots of people. And then another article on the uh, Sacramento Bee. So this is S-A-C-B-E-E dot com, dot com. A recent article of theirs uh, headline, California Megachurch cancels services and trips to local hospitals to faith heal the sick. And this is talking about Bethel Church in Reading. And think about that headline. So the church is canceling their trips to the hospital to heal sick people because of the coronavirus. Um, something kind of wrong there, you know? If, if, if these people really have the power to heal the sick all the time, then what's a little uh, virus going to do to stop them? So anyway, articles like this just kind of prove the ridiculousness of people who claim that they have power from God to heal people whenever they want and this kind of thing. So anyway, this is the faith movement, the health and wealth, the prosperity gospel. And so I thought this would be an appropriate time to unleash this interview with Justin Peters. I actually recorded this a couple months ago, but uh, now is better time than any to release this. If you are not a Christian and you see articles like this where you have all these people like Benny Hinn and Kenneth Copeland, uh, Joel Olstein, all these different people who claim that if you believe in their version of God, their version of Bible teaching, if you believe that, if you have enough faith, then you're going to get what you want, whether it be money or health or whatever. And you look at the looking at the stuff and you're saying, this is kind of hard to believe. Well, it is hard to believe. It's just not true. It's unbiblical. The Bible actually talks a lot about false teachers. Jesus Christ himself talked a lot about wolves in sheep's clothing. And their desire isn't for your good, it's for your money, it's for your destruction, all kinds of things like that. So so yes, these teachers do exist. Yes, they do call themselves Christian teachers. They actually use the name of Jesus. But unfortunately, they are wolves in sheep's clothing. And we're going to let Justin tell us more about that. 
Just a quick technical note, this was recorded in the middle of a convention hall during a conference. For the most part, the people in the background aren't too noticeable, but at times they got pretty annoying. But anyway, you'll be able to get through that. The first thing I mention is an experience I had with a faith movement person. I wanted to get Justin's thoughts on that. Um, So I asked my question and he took it away from there. So here we go. More often than not, I will run into someone who agrees with me in all the main doctrinal points of Christianity, but they will be very into something else. You know, I I was preaching a little while ago and I was at the bottom, I was kind of next to a pier, so next to me there's this big huge structure, and this lady's there, I'm open her preaching, she's amening, she's agreeing with me, and then at the end of it, she says, uh, do you do any miracles? <laughs> and so I said, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. And she said, well, you should be able to do miracles, because Jesus said we're supposed to be able to do these things. And I have seen that kind of thing in cer- certain areas, if I know there's like a big Pentecostal church around, I'll, I'll kind of see more. There's people around there. But, you know, this is something that you are dealing with all the time. And so for the people who are listening who, who might not be familiar with your, your seminar yet, the teachings you've done, can you give us just a little, a little overview of what it is you do? Sure, Eddie. Uh, I have a seminar that's entitled Clouds Without Water, which is a reference in the book of Jude, verse 12. It's one of the ways that he refers to false teachers. The picture that Jude draws is that false teachers have the appearance of having some nourishment, but none ever falls from them. They, they leave the ground below them dry and parched. But my seminar deals specifically with what's called the Word of Faith movement. That's the proper term given to a movement that's more commonly known as the health and wealth gospel, the prosperity gospel, name it and claim it gospel. The teaching that if you are a Christian, it is always God's will for you to be wealthy, and it's always God's will for you to be physically healed. Uh, You should never be sick, or if you do get sick, then physical healing is guaranteed as long as you have enough faith, as long as you sow a seed into some preacher's ministry so you can reap a harvest, Uh, as long as you make the right positive confessions, then you can activate healing. Uh, God is obligated to respond to whatever you confess, uh, the money that you sow. And um, it's, our, it's our birthright, if you will, as Christians to be wealthy and to be healed. Uh, it's led by people such as Benny Hinn, Kenneth Glory Copeland, Jesse Duplantis, Creflo Dollar, Joseph Prince, Joyce Meyer, Joel Osteen. Uh, these are just some of the more prominent names. And and uh, unfortunately, Eddie, this stuff was created here in the United States. We, in the United States of America, we created this, this false gospel, and we have now exported it to the rest of the world. And uh, it is the face of Christianity around much of the world today. Now, for many of us, we've seen TBN. We've seen different channels where, right. you know, it, it almost becomes like a, a comedy among biblical Christians and they see these things and they kind of joke about it because stuff is so outrageous that people could possibly believe this stuff yet for a lot of people it's not a joke this is their real experience and I know for you you came out of a background and you actually were, were in a time of your, in your life where this was a very personal real thing to you can you tell us about that 
Yeah, uh, I was uh, born and reared in a Southern Baptist church. Uh, that's my theological background, I, I suppose. But when I was a, a teenager, a neighbor of mine came up to me. And by the way, I, I guess I should preface, I, I have cerebral palsy. I was born with cerebral palsy, uh, walk on crutches and use a scooter for longer distances. But uh, when I was a teenager, this neighbor of mine came up and he said, Justin, God has spoken to me and he's told me that he's going to heal you. Wow. As long as you have enough faith. How'd that make you feel? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I had no, uh, I thought I was a Christian at the time. I wasn't. But, but when I hear this guy say God spoke to me, I didn't have a biblical or theological framework to say, no, wait a minute. I, no, he didn't. Right. <laughs> I just thought he did. You know, I thought that God spoke to this guy. And uh, he told me about a faith healer who was coming to my hometown named Nora Lam, L-A-M, a Chinese lady who's dead now. But um, I was very, very expectant. I, mm. I wanted to be healed. I wanted to be free of my cerebral palsy and free of my crutches and sure. wanted to be able to run and jump and play like all the other kids, you know, and do, do those kind of things. So um, I was very hopeful about it. And uh, long story short, went to see Nora Lamb, uh, fully expecting to be healed, and obviously I was not healed. So that was my first exposure to the movement. And... Uh, let me also say real quickly, though, that some have made the accusation against me that the the reason that I do these seminars is because of that. Like, uh, I'm revenge. bitter. Yeah. Right, revenge. Okay. Yeah, I'm bitter. I've, I get that a lot. But um, I, I think I can honestly say that nothing could be further from the truth. Hmm. Uh, I understand now that I'm, I actually am converted, and I have a much healthier understanding of the sovereignty of God a healthier theology of human suffering and the purposes behind that, that um, there, there's not a bitter bone in my body about not being healed. Uh, I accept this as God's good providence in my life. Uh, it, is, it is what he has decreed, and um, his grace is sufficient for me. His strength is made perfect in weakness, and, and if I have to live the rest of my life with cerebral palsy, it's okay. You know, I've, I've got all of eternity to live without yeah. it. Well, the amazing thing and the sad thing about the faith movement these teachers you, you, you listed is they present a view of Christianity that basically says any kind of suffering is out of place. Any kind of suffering right. shouldn't be there. And so in, in that kind of theological background, it would make sense that if, if you're sick or, or any, any kind of thing is wrong with you, it should be healed. That's the way things should be. But when you study the Bible for yourself and just read what it says, you find a very different picture. You find suffering, you, you, you find suffering all over the Bible. Yes. And it is, it is part of the fallen world we live in. So, so that alone is just, I think, the big tragedy of this, this movement in that it doesn't allow normal people who have their faith in God to just go through the normal suffering that happens in, in human life. That's right. Total tragedy. That's right. So, so obviously, you're someone who comes from a background that's more than just, oh, let's make fun of these crazy people on TV. This was a personal thing. Just from hanging around the, the uh, exhibits arena, I've met people who kind of looked over at you and said, oh, that's Justin Peters, and I learned this, this, and this from him. And I've actually talked just yesterday, I talked to a couple people who basically were saying that because of your teaching, they came out of the faith movement. And so that's, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing. How often do you talk to people who are still in it and going through it and dealing with this stuff? 
All the time, mm. Eddie. Uh, all the time. Now here at this conference, you know, this is a doctrinally sound conference, so we don't really have a lot of people walking around yeah. that are that are following Benny Hinn or Joel Osteen here. Right. But tons and tons of people tell me that they were in it. God delivered them out of it, mm. and that's what you would expect from a Christian. A, a, a Christian can be in serious error for a season. Yeah. But once he sees the truth from God's word, if he's truly regenerate. He's going to bend the knee to that truth, hmm. uh, and and God pulls people out of that deception. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not a weakling. If He's strong enough to save us, He's strong enough to deliver us Amen. out of deception. Yeah, I mean, all the time. I, I get emails every single day now, Eddie, from people all over the world hmm. uh, that uh, tell me that God, by His good graces and providence, have has uh, pulled them out of this yeah. deception. You know. And now, just so I don't forget, if someone wants to get a hold of your, your conference that's on DVD or any kind of your teaching, where can they go? You have a website? Yeah, they okay. can go to my website, justinpeters.org. Okay. Justinpeters.org. And uh, I, I feel kind of funny about the name of my website. I promise I'm not trying to be narcissistic. <laughs> I'm just not my, a creative my, person. My website is eddyroman.com. Is, so oh, I, I, mean, can, I feel I can, better now. Okay. <laughs> I, I can relate. Yeah. So whether you have friends and family in this in this movement or not, so what, what, what do you call that? I, I just call it the faith movement. What do you call this? Yeah, uh, the technical term, word of faith, but I, I usually say word faith or okay. uh, New Apostolic Reformation. That's kind of a twin movement to yeah. Word of Faith. It's and really what you're, we're seeing today is that Word of Faith and NAR are just blending together, just kind of becoming one monolithic stream. NAR. It seems I, I kind of look at it as an old heresy in new wrappings with new graphics and yep. just kind of more catering toward the younger crowd. You yep. know? It, yep. it really That's is right. like that. Yep. So so yeah. Whether you have someone um, that you know personally in this movement or not. You need to get Justin's materials and check this out because this will affect you at some point if you talk to people because it's growing and there are probably people around you who are in this. Very uh, sad and yet very important for Christians to be ready to help people, guide them out of this movement. So Justin, one thing I'd like to do here is tell you about an experience I had when I was out witnessing, and I'm going to get back to this peer story I started talking about a little bit, bit at the beginning, Okay. and I want to go through it and just get your take on why she would believe the things she said and, and this, this kind of thing. So I get done preaching a sermon, and there's a big peer st- next to me. I'm kind of, the way it's set up, um, you're, you're on the st- kind of on the street, and then there's a peer next to you, so you're right next to the base of it. And this lady, she, you know, applauds my little sermon I did there on the, on the street. And then she asked me, why don't, why don't you do any miracles? And I didn't know what to say. So what is she thinking? So I'm a Christian in her eyes. I just preached a gospel message. And she's thinking, where's the miracles? Like, why is it she would say that? Yeah. Well, uh, she's clearly been... Uh uh, influenced by word of faith, and my guess is she's probably in it hook, line, and sinker mm. from what she's saying. But she has the same basic fundamental hermeneutical flaw that the word faith, New Apostolic Reformation, Bill Johnson, Bethel, Hillsong, all these guys make. They they take things that they see that are described in the Bible, and they think that all of those things are prescribed. Uh. And not everything that is descriptive is prescriptive. 
I believe that everything that is recorded in Scripture as having happened, happened. I believe the Red Sea parted. I believe that God made a donkey talk. But you know what? Those things are described, but they're not prescribed. I, I haven't seen any red parting seas today. I haven't seen any talking donkeys today. Mm-hmm. If you have seen any talking donkeys, you probably need to spend some time in Ephesians <laughs> chapter 5 and lay off the, the suds. <laughs> These things happen, but they're not considered, they're not supposed to be normative. Mm. They're not supposed to be, uh, they're not prescribed as normative. The apostles had the ability to perform signs and wonders. They yeah. had the apostolic gifts. Uh, to be an apostle, you had to meet three requirements. You had to be a first-person eyewitness of Jesus. You had to see Jesus raised from the dead. You had to be directly appointed by Christ to be an apostle. And you had to have the ability to perform the signs and wonders of an apostle. Heal the sick, on occasion raise the dead, you know, mm-hmm. cast out demons. The apostles did these things, Eddie, but Christians at large did not do them. Not even in, in the in the apostolic age. Yeah. You don't see believers at large going around performing signs and wonders. In fact, you can look at Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 5. Both of these chapters say that, the, to paraphrase here, the, both of the texts, many signs and wonders were taking place at the hands of the apostles among the people. Mm-hmm. So you don't see Christians at large in general performing signs and wonders. The right. apostles did. Uh, and just a couple of exceptions of that with, uh, with Stephen and, and Philip. But that power was conferred onto them by the apostles. So, but we're well past the apostolic age. Yeah. There are no more apostles today. And if there are no more apostles today, then there are no more apostolic gifts today. Right. Now, as I say that, I want to be careful. I do believe that God heals people today, mm-hmm. but only when it is his sovereign will to do so. But I do not believe that somebody actually, anyone today, possesses the gift of healing. Those are two different things. And this is a good thing to clarify. What would be the difference? So, you know, there, I believe healings still happen today, as, as do you. Yep. But what's the difference between God healing someone and someone having the gift of healing? What, what is, yeah. What's the difference there? So if, if someone had the real apostolic gift of healing, which they don't, but let's just have fun here. If they did, they would be able to go up to a sick person with 100% success, instantly, verifiably heal that person right on the spot. No psychosomatic healing, no gradual healing over time, slow recovery, no, a real healing. So it'd be like what you see in the Bible, basically. It would be what you see in the Bible. People coming up behind the apostles and trying to touch them just because they know they're going to get healed. Yeah, right. Right. You would, yeah. You would. You would see them. You would see them raising the dead. Nobody's doing that today. Nobody's doing that. You know, this is such a great thing to know. Not just towards the faith movement, but also sometimes an atheist will be criticizing you and making fun of you and say, "Why? Why can't you heal me?" And there's actually an argument out there among atheists. Why doesn't God heal amputees? You know, it's a common. Right. But just knowing this, I mean, it just—it's such a simple explanation. It is, yeah, you know? it is. The prescriptive versus descript—that's just a great concept to have with everything in the Bible. You know, if, right. if the error is thinking since so and so did this in the Bible, that means God wants me to do that same thing too. And like you said, nobody's part in the Red Seas today because that was right. a one-time event for a specific purpose, and we shouldn't assume that God's going to allow us to do those same things. Right. 
That's right, Ed. Yeah, and tangential to that or related to that, uh, I hear charismatics say, oh, well, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he healed people in the New New Testament, in his ministry, if the apostles healed and Jesus has not changed, then the same thing that Jesus did and the apostles did should be happening today. They got but, you. They got that, you with that one, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard that many times. But that's that's bad logic because their logic breaks down very quickly in a, with a very big and clear and obvious example. Okay, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he does not. God does not change. So, you know, we should be doing the things today that were happening in the biblical days. Right. All right. Um, are we still sacrificing animals? Huh. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Great. Does not change. Well, they were slaughtering millions of animals in the Old Testament. Why aren't we doing that today? Can we still not mix fabrics in our clothing and all that? I mean, just ad infinitum here. So their their logic breaks down. What they don't understand is that, um, yes, it is true that God does not change. Christ does not change. Immutability of Christ, immutability of God. But God's revelation has progressed Mm through the centuries culminating in the person of Christ. So it's not that God himself has changed. His character and his nature is unchanged, unchanging. But his revelation has progressed. You know, that's why we're no longer doing the animal sacrifices and the all these Old Testament laws and rituals and things and feasts and festivals that we no longer have to keep and observe. His revelation has progressed. Yeah. And that's a fundamental hermeneutical error that... Um, that charismatics make. Well, even with the miracles of, of Jesus and the disciples, wasn't the purpose of those to mark the coming of the Messiah? That's right. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to move on with my my lady at the pier story. So yeah, yeah, that was sure. that was kind of the found foundation. Sure. Y- you know, I, I said no, I don't do miracles, and then I and then I basically said, well, we don't do miracles anymore because Jesus has already come. I'm not here doing trying to do miracles to mark the sign of his, his coming. But very quickly, she basically started saying, well, you know, according to the Bible, we should be able to do whatever we want. We should be able to move mountains, right? And, <laughs> and so I actually asked her, I, I said, there's one over there. <laughs> I, I did. I said, there's a mountain o- over there. Um, can you move it? And then I looked around. I said, actually, I don't see a mountain. I said, how about this pier? This pier standing next to me. Can you move it? And she kind of looked at it, and I said, I will get a piece of chalk and mark where the base of the pier is. I just want you to move it over an inch. You don't have to move it much. And she actually said, I don't want to do that because there's a lot of people around here, and I don't want to hurt anybody. <laughs> oh, are you she serious? She actually said that. Wow. Yeah. And, th- <laughs> and then, I, you know, I, I, I basically just stuck on that. I said, you really think you could move, move that? And then after a while, she goes, well, I don't think the Bible's really talking about moving stuff literally and it was it was interesting (laughs) because one minute she was very adamant and then the next minute it was like as if the it was like as if the first time in her life she had actually thought about it it's like well maybe it doesn't really really mean that now that's a verse that's another verse that they use you know we can move mountains so I, i know you've had to deal with that one probably a million times so so how does the faith how yeah. does the faith movement use that verse yeah well uh, yeah they use that as as basically a blank check you know mm. whatever you speak to uh will will come into physical reality you can create your own, your own reality by the words that you speak this is their doctrine of positive confession but in that same context when jesus talks about moving the mountain he says whatever you ask uh, whatever you ask in prayer, 
believing you will receive. The context of that is prayer. We are, when we ask for things prayerfully, when we go to God in prayer and ask for things that are in his will, they will be given to us. When we pray for things that are within God's will, they are granted to us. This is not a blank check. It's not saying you can speak to whatever mountain is in your life and, and uh, it is obligated to obey your words. That's not at all. The, the whole context is, of that is prayer, going to God in prayer. And when we pray for things that are within his will, God will grant them. If we pray for things that are not within his will, guess what? It's not going to give them. So, so the Great Commission isn't for all Christians to go out into the world and move every huge object you can find, you know? Um, right. Just, but, but just keeping that in mind, according to his will, I mean, that, that really is the key. And yes. I've actually seen faith teachers say things like, to say that it has to be done according to God's will, that's wrong. Right. That's sin. Yeah. That, and... I know. I, I hear this all the time, Eddie. You, and they say you should never pray if it be thy will. Well, Jesus did. If it be your will, <laughs> let this cup pass from me. That's a good example to follow. James did. Go to James chapter 4. James, and I don't have it in front of me right now, but paraphrasing here, James said, come now, you who say we will go to this city and do business and uh, make a profit. He says, you don't even know what your life has tomorrow. Well, Rather... You should say, if the Lord wills, we will go to this or that city and do business, make a profit. Yeah. So, I mean, James right there says, no, don't, don't presume. Don't presume upon God. Say, if the Lord wills, we will do such and such. Wow. So, Justin, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy for Christians who are reading the Bible to find all these errors. It's pretty simple, actually. Yet, when you live in that, when you're raised in it, like you, when you're raised in it, and you have this this nice person come to you, and you and they genuinely want to, want to see you healed, and, and you're in the middle of all that, it's very easy to just think this way. So what I don't want to do is to give people listening to this the idea that, oh, you know, if I know these verses, I can just shut these people down and, and show them that they're wrong. Yeah, we're, we're definitely supposed to refute error, but the more important issue is, these are people. These are, these are God's created people who are lost. Maybe they're caught up in some false teaching. And when I talk to someone, my goal isn't just to, to shut them down, make them look stupid, show them that they're wrong. I want this person to come out of this teaching mm. and to, right. to find the truth, the truth of God's word. So knowing that you talk to people in these situations all the time, what is it just kind of in general that you point them to or, or how do you how do you help a person to just be, begin seeing the error of the teaching and just pointing towards the truth of the gospel yeah Eddie one of the things I like to do with people uh, I start with something very simple and very concrete uh, for example physical healing if I'm talking to someone who's in this movement or influenced to one degree or another by it I'll say do you believe that it's always God's will to be physically healed and if they're in this movement a hundred percent of the time they'll say yes because that's the theology yeah i'll say okay so you believe it's always god's will to be healed and then i'll go and i'll show them very simple clear-cut examples of faithful servants of god who were sick in the bible in the bible yeah that's great exodus chapter 4 verse 11 god said to moses who has made man's mouth who makes him dumb or deaf or seeing or blind is it not i the lord 
Elisha, 2 Kings chapter 13, Elisha died of an illness. David was afflicted. David was sick. Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach and your frequent ailments. The Apostle Paul himself, and I don't even go to the thorn in the flesh, 2 Corinthians 12. I go to Galatians chapter 4. The thorn in the flesh, that, that could be taken that could a couple be, Yeah, ways. and I personally don't even think the thorn in the flesh was a physical illness. I, I don't think that, but anyway. Okay. But go flip over to Galatians chapter 4, verse 13, Paul says, but you know that it was because of a bodily illness that I came and preached the gospel to you the first time. Wow. Pretty so, clear. Very clear, yeah. In fact, just a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, I was at Andrew Womack's. He's another prosperity preacher. I was at his uh, Karis Bible College, and I was talking to a young man there named Tom, and I, I had this conversation with him. This is, I asked people to, to look at these texts because I just want to get a feel for how willing they are to bend their knee to Scripture. Mm. And I asked Tom the same question. Tom, do you believe it's always God's will to be healed? Yes, of course. So I had him flip over to Exodus chapter 4, verse 11. I said, please read that. He just stared at it. And I'm going to paraphrase here. I went, to, I went to Galatians chapter 4. He didn't like that, so I went to Galatians 4, verse 13. I said, Tom, read that. He just stared at it. He, now, he was holding his own Bible. He was sitting there reading his own Bible. And I, I said, Tom, what does that say? And he just sat there, stared at it silently. And so I read it. I said, uh, Tom, right here, Paul says that he had a bodily illness. And Tom finally looked up at me, and he said to me, he said, that's what you say. Wow. And I said, no, Tom, that's, that's not what I say. That's what the Bible says. That's what you say. Eddie, I literally that's- could not get him to admit that what he was reading in the Bible was actually in the Bible. And it was his own Bible. I mean, he literally could not admit that what he was reading was actually there. And so all of that to say, if someone is not going to bend their knee to what they see in plain black and white right in front of them, right. out of God's Word, there's no other card to play. That's, that's, that, is, that is it. That is the... That's it. You know, there, there's no, nothing else you can do. You talk about the weather. You talk about the, who won the ball game. <laughs> But if they're not going to bend their knee to Scripture, there's no other card to play. There's nowhere else to go from there. However, if you get a response more like, wow, well, you know, I've never really thought about that before. I, um, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, if you sense a little tenderness, if you sense a little willingness on the part of that person to, to have their theology corrected from Scripture, that's good. That's what you yeah. want to see. And you get that response too I do. as well. Yeah. And I get, I get both of those responses. Yeah. But I, I do get that. Absolutely. So one of the main things you do is you show them places in the Bible where it's very clear that a servant of God, someone who had their faith in the true and living God, they were sick. You know, yep. it's not a guaranteed thing yep. that you're going to be healed. What would be another thing you do to, to kind of try to get people out yeah. of their error? Yeah. And like I say, that's just that's a, just a little di- kind of a diagnostic yeah, thing that I do. Yeah, that's a good one. That's uh, really good. To kind of see where they are. So if, if they are willing to do that, then we're going to go into some deeper things. And we're going to talk about, I'm going to give this person the gospel. I want to see if they understand what the gospel really is, what repentance really is. Christians looking at people in these different movements, we miss that step. We just assume this person is a Christian, but they're a little bit confused on this issue, you know? Yeah. And so we miss just a very basic step one question, is this person even a Christian? It's, that's exactly right. Because in a lot of cases yeah. I've found, 
that they're not. The reason they're acting like an unsafe person is because they're an unsafe person. That's right. Know? So yeah. I think that's that's great wisdom just to, once you do the diagnostics, you basically see how willing they are to look at Scripture. Yeah. Then yeah. you take them to the most important thing in Scripture, yeah. which is that's the gospel. Right. And, and I gave Tom the gospel as I left him. Uh, he never said another word to me after that. I, but I gave him the gospel. He was planning on enrolling at uh, Karis Bible College. Uh, this was in October, actually, when I was talking to him. And so he told me he was going to be enrolling this semester. And I, I pleaded with him. I said, Tom, please don't. Please don't. And he just stared out the window and I left. So I don't know. Wow. So, so did you go to this college and you were outside trying to talk to people? Or what, what were you doing there? Yeah, I was uh, preaching at a church in the area. And um, since we were so close to Karis, we went in. I just wanted to see the facility. Wow. So I'd just go in on my scooter, you know, and I'm tooling around in there and uh Boy, you just can't imagine how massive this this facility is. Just unbelievable. And so I, I wanted to talk to some people, and I talked to several of the students. I asked, invited them to come to my seminar at the oh, at the wow. church in town, and uh, none of them did. The weather was really bad; a lot of a big blizzard, but none couldn't, came. Couldn't, couldn't they just bring one of their professors and just make the weather go away as well? Because some of them teach that too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they they do. They teach that you can control the weather, but. Uh, they, they, have, <laughs> they have very little luck at doing so. You know, I, I watched your uh, wind, Clouds Without Water. Is that, yes. Is, okay. uh-huh. yep. <laughs> so yep. I, wa- I watched it a while ago. I let someone borrow it, and I never saw it again. So oh. if, you're, if you're the Christian well. who borrowed that, you need to give it back. But anyway, <laughs> I watched that, that video, and even though I'd seen little things on, you know, throughout the years, heard about Benny Hinn doing some, you know, crazy antic, when I watched your your video series, I was shocked at the level of craziness and and just deception and, and claims that these teachers make about God. I mean, there, there was right. one part in there where, where, where the couple, they basically claim that when they're flying in their jet, um, they control the weather so they'll have a good flight. Do you, who, who was that? Yeah, that's <laughs> Kenneth Copeland. Uh, Gloria Copeland technically is the one who said it, but uh, she and her husband both claim to be able to control the weather. And, uh, but it's not just the Copelands. I've heard Jesse Duplantis say he can do it. Pat Robertson, believe it or not, a couple of years ago, he tried to rebuke a hurricane that was coming into the East Coast. And oh, So he actually talked about it before it came in. Yeah, before it came do, in. And so what happened when, when it didn't happen? Yeah, I know. The hurricane came on in just like they were predicting. And uh, it, they, When stuff like that happens, they just ignore it. They just pretend like it never happened. They just move on. They just move on. Well, because yeah. that's, that's one of the things I've always been fascinated with. They'll make these great claims of, you know, it's kind of like the people who predict the end of the world. On this day, it's going to end. And then the next day, they're like, okay, open your Bibles to chapter whatever. And it's like life just goes on like as if yeah. nothing happened. How is it, and you coming from a, a background of this, at least you know when you were younger, what, what does a person in this movement think of when they're promised something from their prophet or their teacher or the, the person who basically says, if you do this, then this will happen. When it doesn't happen... What do they think? And, and what I've seen with a few people I've talked to, they basically think, oh, man, that means I'm not good enough. That means I don't have enough faith. Like, yeah. is that basically what happens when people yeah. don't get their, their amazing dreams fulfilled by the false teacher? What happens? That's right. Yeah, it's their fault. Uh, because if you begin with the premise that it is always God's will to be healed and a person prays for that healing, 
for days, weeks, months, some people for years, some people for decades, but the healing never comes, then the question is, well, whose fault is it? By definition, it can't be God's fault. It can't be God's fault. It's got to be yours. So guess who's left? It's your fault. So let me ask you this. When you were, when you were young, um, is, that what you, is that how you took it? Like when this guy said, if you go to this miracle healing service and then you, you leave and the next day, you know, you're, you're still the same. How did, how did that affect you at that time? Yeah, uh, I did. It, it, uh, it, it threw me for a loop. I, in fact, I even tried to, I was so expecting it to happen and then it didn't happen. I even tried to convince myself, oh, well, a, a little something happened. I, I think wow. I can, I think I can, I think I can move my right hand a little bit better now. I was just grasping at straws, yeah. you know, thinking like, surely something happened. Uh, but of course it didn't. You know, uh, when, when Jesus healed someone in the New Testament, it was a full, complete, total, yeah. irreversible, irrefutable. The, the whole town was amazed. Yes, right. And uh, none of the stupid psychosomatic stuff that we see from these faith-healing charlatans. Well, because like, the, the one video that I've seen going around a lot is the guy who, who's in, in his, what he calls evangelism, he's going up to people and saying, you know, do you have one leg shorter than the other? Todd and White. Then, yeah, and then he makes the thing grow yep. y- using, I think it's like an old, an old school yeah. trick. It's an know? old trick, yeah. Hucksters have been doing that for, for decades, 50, 75 years they've been doing that, or maybe and t- longer. And tons of people follow these guys. Yeah, they fall it's, for it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a total, it's sleight of hand. It's just he's slowly manipulating the angle of one of the feet as compared to the other one like he'll he'll pull the heel out a little bit to make it look like it's growing or or even swing the legs very slowly to to the side and uh, there's there's kind of expose videos on youtube how he does this but but it's it's total trickery and so based on the fact that the person wants so much to be healed just like you and your experience with well i think my thumb's moving a little bit or right. that, that kind of thing they they just fall into yeah. it. It's, uh, yeah, it's that's it, right. It's it's so sad when my wife and I when we were expecting one of our sons. We have four boys, and so I think it was on the fourth one. Uh, we were expecting a boy, and one of my one of my wife's friends was asking her, um, "Do you want a boy or a girl?" And my wife is like, "Well, it'd be nice to have a girl. I have no idea what that'd be like." And this woman basically said, "Well, here's what you do. You get a you go out and buy a little red dress. You hang it." inside of, huh. of the room that the kids are going to be the kids room and you just tell God that you want a girl and you will get a girl and and we, we were just dumbfounded first we thought it was a joke but then no she really thought that this lady right. was in that movement and she was basically saying you can get what you want if you tell God what to do like to me that's the most offensive part yep. we're telling God what to do that's you know? right that's right and it's just it's it's blasphemous it's crazy yeah, and here in just in the last few weeks, as of this recording, you know the the whole Bethel thing with that little girl Olive oh my who goodness. died. The girl, the girl. This is all over the news. Where yeah, girl at a church, she dies, and the people in this church, Bethel, basically was it one of the leaders who said, "Let's pray for her that God would raise her from the dead." Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure you were following that story. Oh, yeah. So what what happened there? Yeah, this little girl, uh, two years old or so, tragically died the the girl little girl's mother Callie I I think I'm saying this right Heiligenthal was her last name but Callie is one of the uh, lead singers on in Bethel music 
that comes, you know, Bethel Church, Bethel Music, that's so wildly popular. Yeah, they're up in Northern she's California? One of the, yeah, in Bethel, in Redding, California. Okay. So she's one of the leading singers in Bethel Music. And so since she was kind of in a place of leadership in the church, you know, this became a big deal. Her, their little toddler, little girl died. So they started having a, a series of meetings where they were literally, Eddie, they were, they were not just asking God to raise little Olive from the dead. They were actually commanding Olive to come up out of the grave. I mean, you see this on YouTube. There's video of it. They have this chant, Olive, come out of the grave. Come out of the grave in Jesus' name. Olive, come out of the grave. Come. They're literally, it's, they weren't humbly asking. Uh, that, I mean, Hebrews 9, 27, pointed man wants to die in the judgment. If somebody dies, I, I've never asked God to raise anybody from the dead. Yeah. You, you just believe God's word. You just believe God's word. You trust in his providence and his sovereignty. When someone dies, they're, they're dead, and they go to wherever they're you know, prepared to go. But, I mean, that, that would be weird enough. Right. But that, they, they took it a step beyond. They, they weren't asking God. They were commanding, just like Jesus commanded Lazarus, oh, come forth. They were doing that to Olive, expecting it to happen. And, of course, it did. That's tragic. And you just, you just like, first of all, that is, that is weird. You know, for you know, and so much of the stuff that comes out of Bethel, it resembles something more attuned to some weird New Age ritual that happens out in the desert somewhere. Just some weird stuff. Yeah. Um, and yet, this is something that happened. This was all over the the American news. Like people, yeah. unbelievers all over the world are looking right. at this, and I'm sure some of them are thinking. Is God going to raise this kid or not? Like, is this really going to happen? Is this stuff, in their mind, is this stuff really true? Right. And yet, here's this unbiblical group doing a totally unbiblical thing. And, of course, they didn't get the result they, they wanted because it was, it was the whole thing was just off in a million different ways. Oh, yeah. And you just, you just think about the people who were in that church who were wailing and commanding this girl to, to rise from the dead and making their demands on God. Like, when it didn't happen, what do they think? And so many of them think, well, something wrong happened, but we're going to go ahead and keep on believing this, this stuff. But I'm sure a lot of them are like, am I in the right place? And, yeah. and it's, what, what, a, what a horrible, horrible thing. And yet, this is the kind of person, this is the kind of situation you're dealing with all, all the time. And so, so many people here in this conference, and me, me included, just really appreciate the work that you're doing it's an important work it's it's a messy work because when you start getting into people's lives and seeing all these relationships you get a lot of opposition i'm sure you've had a lot of people who don't exactly uh love you don't exactly sure. have you on their friends list <laughs> no, but that's for sure. uh, we, we really just appreciate what you're doing uh, again if you're listening to this i would encourage you please go to the easiest website to remember for justin peters and that's justinpeters.com Check out his org. See, yeah. look, at, look at that. I'm glad you're here to correct my error. JustinPeters.org. Man, Justin, I just want to thank you so much for coming on this podcast. And I, I just uh, wish you all the best in your... There's a squeaky chair here. That's, that's been... If, you know what? If we hadn't a faith, that squeak would just be gone. That's but right. If, that's we were, right. if we were heretics, that is. But anyway, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show and again if you haven't heard justin's material yet you got to get a hold of it and if you have a if you're expecting a child don't put a red dress in your closet because it ain't going to do anything so again <laughs> justin thanks so much for coming on eddie the show. i appreciate you appreciate you brother thank you for your work and i love you guys at living waters and keep it keep it up 
If you've learned anything from this episode, or if you've enjoyed this podcast in any way, please give it a good review on iTunes. This is the best way for other people to notice Romans Road and give it a listen. The more Christians we have learning about evangelism, and the more evangelism taking place, the more we glorify the Lord. Ray Comfort here. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please take a moment to do so now. On your phone's podcast app, search for Romans Road, and when you find it, hit subscribe. It's free, and by doing so, you'll get all episodes past, present, and future. Then when you're finished, head over to livingwaters.com for a huge collection of evangelism videos, articles, tracks, and resources to help you share the gospel with those around you. That's livingwaters.com. Thanks for listening to Romans Road. If you want to learn how to evangelize, check out my book, Search and Rescue, available at eddyroman.com. On my website, you'll also find videos and other things to encourage you to preach the gospel to your friends and family. That's eddyroman.com. See you next time. Yeah.